From Target to the Dodgers to Bud Light and Disney, celebrating sin and grooming young children has seemingly become the norm for these corporations as we look at a much more sinister plot at hand when it comes to the people behind these torrid campaigns. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at some of these absolutely horrific campaigns, some of which that have taken a real dent out of the bottom line of a number of companies. But before we do, we want to ask you to please, if you feel so led, to subscribe to the Good Fight Ministries channel so you don't miss any new videos. Specifically, click that bell to get the notification for said videos. And if you're listening via podcast, make sure to leave a five-star review if you think it is a show worthy of such a thing. But before we get into anything else, one thing I do want to talk about is just a little bit of a new format that we're going to be having Pastor Joe Schimmel featured more on the 511 News. And we're going to be doing that today, later in the episode, specifically when it comes to the artists behind much of the Target campaign uh, to just simply push Pride Month, but they've started it a little early if you've visited a Target anytime soon. But the thing that I wanted to talk about early on is something that I've been passionate about since literally the year was that I was born. I was born in 1988, and that was the last time that the Los Angeles Dodgers won a World Series up until 2020. Dave Roberts... And so I had been a fan of the mediocre sports team uh, for much of the 90s and so forth. I think the year before I came to Christ, I went to over 30 of the Dodger games. And yes, I was and still am a huge fan of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So with the recent news, uh, it's one thing to say, hey, we're stuck in the MLB having to do these nonsense campaigns and hopefully have some men who are playing as the Dodgers who actually love Jesus and stand up for him. Some of which, by the way, a chaplain for the Dodgers who was on a show um, was actually part of Biola University. And he actually had said back in 2020 that the Dodgers had more Christians on their team than anyone in Major League Baseball. So, That sounds really great, but you have to ask yourself, why aren't you standing up? I mean, even the Tampa Bay Rays last year, the entire, I guess, bullpen and much of the pitching staff said, we do not want to be wearing rainbow flags and actually showed a little bit of, I guess, unction, um, a little bit of courage when it came to saying, I'm not going to be involved with this. We've seen that in the NHL, uh, where a number of players said, I don't want to do this and actually... There's been talk about getting rid of it all together in the NHL, which you would hope that would be what happens. But when it comes to the Dodgers, sadly enough, that isn't the case. And simply even being involved with what's Pride Month and Pride Nights, if that wasn't enough, they're actually going to be honoring a disgusting, blasphemous cult that has been together known as the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And in fact, they had actually rescinded the offer to have them at their Pride Night. And it is interesting because we talk about 
pride. It's one thing to be proud, which is a horrible and grievous sin. It's another thing to be proud of your sin. Uh, Even being (laughs) proud of your pride is a problem, let alone being proud of the wickedness and the debaucherous nature of your lifestyle. But as we get into this and we look into it and we see this indulgence, we see this group that has come together back since 1979, they actually were kicked out of the Pride Nights because of the blasphemous nature, the things that they do, the things they are involved in. And I want to read exactly what's going on. And so this was a report on the New York Post. It said, quote, the announcement came after controversy over the team's decision to invite, then uninvite, then reinvite the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a drag group that raises money for LGBTQ plus causes to its Pride Night on June 16th. The Dodgers had initially intended to recognize the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence with a Community Hero Award but rescinded the invite on May 17th after Catholic organizations called out the troop as a, quote, blatantly perverted, sexual, and disgusting anti-Catholic hate group. Religious groups urged followers to flood the team's phone lines with messages of outrage, and Florida Senator Marco Rubio was among those who sent a formal complaint to Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred over the inclusion of the, quote, nuns. Now, this whole thing is, I mean, it, it could not be more ridiculous. Now, a lot of a lot of people say, well, I, I don't care, they're Catholic and so forth. But if you have any idea of just how blasphemous, blasphemous this group is, some of the things they do, we will not be featuring on video some of the things they do, including putting Jesus on a cross and stripping on him with drag queens. But no, we will not be playing those videos because it's so disgusting and useless to look at something so perverse. And they are using Catholicism as the representation of the God hate that they have in their heart. And I want to read a little bit from their site so you can get to know what they are all about. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are a leading edge Order of Queer and Trans Nuns, we believe all people have a right to express their unique joy and beauty. Since our first appearance in San Francisco on Easter Sunday, 1979, the sisters have devoted ourselves to community service, ministry, and outreach to those on the edges, and to promoting human rights, respect for diversity, and spiritual enlightenment. We use humor, irreverent wit, to expose the forces of bigotry, complacency, and guilt that chain the human spirit. Now, while they claim that they are trying to break the chains off of people, what they are honestly offering is simply slavery to sin, slavery to the very indulgences they want to practice. And in fact, when we look at 2 Peter chapter 2, it talks about false prophets and specifically those who would come in and thwart those who have just been recently converted and bring them away from the gospel into the lusts of the flesh and the bondage that happens when you engage in such practices. And right after the context of warning about Sodom and Gomorrah, a warning about Lot and being vexed by the sensual desires, this is what it has to say in 2 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 10. Speaking of these false prophets, they say they are daring, self-willed. They do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties 
Whereas angels who are greater in might and power do not bring a reviling judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like unreasoning animals born as creatures of instinct to be captured and killed, reviling where they have no knowledge, will in the destruction of those creatures also be destroyed. Suffering wrong as the wages of doing wrong, they count it a pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are stains and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions as they carouse with you, having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin, enticing unstable souls, having a heart trained in greed, accursed children, forsaking the right way they have gone astray, having followed the way of Balaam the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but he received a rebuke of his own transgression. For a mute donkey, speaking with the voice of a man, restrained the madness of the prophet. These are springs without water and mists driven by a storm, for whom the black darkness has been reserved. For speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality, those who barely escape, from the ones who live in error, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. And now when you read that, the context of that has to do with false prophets who claim to be with us, claim to be a part of the body of Christ and are enticing those who are recently converted into giving in to the sin that wants to ensnare them. But the principle of the matter here is a group of people that will be going to a baseball game and being awarded for telling people to go and indulge in the wicked sin that they are being encompassed by. And so the principle of verse 19 is to be applied here, even though the context is specifically to those who are false prophets. But this person right here who is telling people to engage, these people, this group that is in telling people to engage in the very disgusting things that God hates. And I say that not only because God hates them, but I say that because these are the very things that we know Jesus was nailed to a cross for, for the sins of homosexuality for the sins of cross-dressing, for the sins of any sexual desire and indulgence that people are engaging in that are outside the bounds of marriage, that are outside the design that God has intended for them. And interestingly enough, they have a saying found on their website over and over is the saying for the sisters of perpetual indulgence that is, go forth and sin some more. If you remember, this is directly opposed to the story That is, the woman caught in adultery that Jesus says, go forth and sin no more. And then we also find in the scriptures, in John chapter 5, of a lame man that is healed. In verse 9, it says this, Now it was the Sabbath, and on that day, so the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath, and it is not permissible for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, He who made me well was the one who said to me, Pick up your pallet and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, pick up your pallet and walk? But the man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away while there was a crowd in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you have become well. Do not sin anymore, so that nothing worse happens to you. 
the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But he answered them, my father is working until now, and I myself am working. Jesus doesn't just simply pay for our sins, which he does, but even in this life, begins the process of sanctification by which we grow more and more like him. We are those who live an abundant life that we now are more than conquerors through not engaging in indulgences, not giving in to sin, but through him who loves us. Because Jesus loves us, he doesn't leave us in the state of sin that is waging war against our soul, that we live in a manner worthy of the calling which we've been called, that we live by the way of the designer. The designer has designed us. He knows how best we run. So we go to him and say, God, how best does this person, this clay pot, how best do I run? And it is by the commandments of God. But I do want to talk about Clayton Kershaw. He is the most well-known Dodger, one of the best pitchers of all time. And he has been dealing not only with this seemingly, uh, all of this controversy, but his own mother actually passed away at the same time while all of this was going on. And he did a recent interview and kind of laid out what he felt in terms of what was going on and what he wanted to try to I guess say, hey, let's go to this since this kind of thing is going on. Now, I want to read from this. This is an article on the LA Times, and it's called Clayton Kershaw Disagreed with Sisters Award Sought Return of Dodgers Christian Day. And what the LA Times writer Jack Harris had quoted saying, in an LA Times interview today, Clayton Kershaw said he disagreed with the Dodgers' decision to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence during next month's Pride Night. As a response, he sought to announce the team's relaunch of Christian Faith and Family Day. And in the post that Clayton Kershaw did share, he mentioned that he wanted to have Jesus' name back to be talked about at the Faith and Family Night for the Dodgers. And I do respect him for wanting to have that and saying he disagreed. Now, I will say that a lot of the language used is the lovey-dovey nonsense, in all honesty, uh, in the argument, we want to love everybody, which is true, we do want to love everybody, but affirming wickedness and sin is something we do not want to do, but I do I do like the fact that it's Clayton Kershaw that said, we need to relaunch this now and let people know that we are about Jesus, and that night will take place on July 30th. And I did like that not only did Clayton Kershaw announce it while stating Jesus' name, but that that was even shared from the Dodgers' official site. But sadly enough, they seem to have both salt water and fresh water uh, from their site. Not that we should expect anything from the world, but I do hope that more and more people stand up. And I would hope that on June 16th, people like Clayton Kershaw uh, people like Max Muncie and those who profess to be believers on the Dodgers would say, I do not want to play in this game. But nonetheless, one of the things we also want to do is bring in Pastor Joe's perspective on this as well, because this is a topic that honestly goes well beyond the Dodgers. And when we're talking about grooming, of course, kids are going to be in, be there as these disgusting sisters of indulgence are being given an award for their wickedness, and yet there's going to be kids there that are big Dodger fans, and that is disgusting in itself, 
And one of the things we want to also bring up is the generalization, like just the, an understanding that there are just companies after companies. And even though it's ruining their bottom line, it seems like because they're of the prince of the power of the air, they do not care how they're engaging in this sort of behavior. So, Pastor Joe, one of the things I, I, I guess we'll bring out first is, you know, your reaction a little bit to, hey, what about these guys engaging in this mockery towards, I know it's Catholicism, but ultimately towards Jesus as well. Yeah, that's how they understand a lot of people, unfortunately, Christianity, right? Uh, but Chad, you said something uh, amazing. Uh, you talked about their bottom line. A lot of people think the bottom line's money, and they think these companies, like, what are you doing, you know? Bud Light, you know, Target, you know, Disney, you know? Uh, even the Dodgers, if they persist, you're slitting your throats financially. What, what, what dumb moves financially? They're not, they're not that dumb. The bottom line isn't money. I've been telling this, we've been talking about this for years. G-movies kill it, man. When they're clean, good movies, they bring in the most money. It's been proven. But these guys don't, they're not after, they're not after the money, believe it or not, as much as they're after the influence. It's power over money. That proves to us, Chad, right, that there's an agenda. It's not about money, it's an agenda. And by the way, it's not an anti-religion agenda per se. They're not, they're, it's anti-Christ. They're not doing, can you imagine if these, these guys came out dressed as Muslims and mocked Muslims? Would, would the Dodgers have allowed that? If they did, what would the world, what would the national media do? If they mocked atheism, if they mocked transgender people and made them look like idiots, no, that, that would be taboo. But mocking Christianity because there's a spirit behind it and there's a satanic agenda fits, the, fits it's ex what exactly what Scripture said would happen. Yeah, it seems like they are simply akin to one another, whether it's for Islam or whether it's for Satanism or perpetual indulgence as these women's are. It just seems like, and they're not women, they're actually men dressed up as women. I hate to yeah. say that, uh, that I accidentally Absolutely. said that because these are, it's disgusting. And if they put a, a form of Muhammad on a stripper pole and had these guys dancing all over him, you wonder the outcry. I mean, you wonder the violence that Absolutely. would happen. But, but Joe, one of the things also, and it's sad how much they correspond to one another, but you look at with Bud Light uh, losing, I mean, still to this day, I, I watched people talk about how, you know, they walk by in the store and that's the only thing that's full. Like, it's sad that that's the only reason people are choosing not to drink Bud Light, but that's for another show, for another <laughs> topic. But a lot of this had to do with Dylan Mulvaney. And one of the things you'd be like, well, how is this grooming? This is a, this is a grown man dressing up like a, like a woman and so forth. But actually, the truth is, is Dylan Mulvaney doesn't just dress up like a woman. Dylan Mulvaney dresses up like a little girl because Dylan Mulvaney has a little girl yeah, fetish. That's right. And that is the truth. And so, Joe, when it comes to Bud Light, and I think you already mentioned this, but isn't it interesting that they're getting hit hard financially? And yet, once again, Bud Light, Target, Disney, these guys are all seemingly just going right along with this. Yeah, this is this is how crazy it's getting, Chad. I When I grew up, and you're, you're a bit younger than me, but I'm sure when you grew up, you know, we could go out in the streets, we could play all day long. You'd come home. If you had homework you had to do, you'd do it. I didn't always do it. I wasn't the best student. Became a Christian, and I was the voracious student of Scripture. But, you know, you'd go and your skateboard, or you go to the park and play football or basketball or baseball, or out in the street with your friends, kickball, whatever. You'd come home, you'd get home, home time for dinner. For summer, you're gone all day, you know. And kids, we'd just all have fun. We weren't worried about pedophiles and all this stuff. And and you'd come home, and then you'd eat dinner, and you might go out and play you know, hide and seek or whatever. Today, my heart breaks, you know, uh, broke for my children. We always really had to be more protective than my parents were because what was on the streets? Now, your children, which are my grandchildren, our hearts break for them because you have to 
be so much more careful. The world is becoming increasingly wicked. And now we used to be shocked when something perverse was put into a program. We'd be like, what in the world? You know, when I became a Christian, you're aware of it. But even before I was a Christian, people were shocked when the sitcom Soap came out and there was a gay character. People freaked out way back when I was a kid. Well, now, guess what? Now people like the New York Times, writer for the New York Times, freak out when something kinky or wicked or perverse, it appears by, the, by what they're saying, doesn't appear in those programs. In fact, when Little Mermaid just came out, a Times writer, New York Times piece stated, hey, they can complain because there wasn't enough kink in Little Mermaid. What kind of person wants to see a little kids and have sexual perversion? Well, people that want to sexualize our kids, people that are perhaps into uh, child pornography. You know, I don't know where this guy's at, but he was hoping he could see kink, probably to further the agenda. Chad, a definition of kink in Webster's Dictionary is can refer to a person's unusual sexual preference. I mean, come on. It's unusual because it's unnatural because that's what the scriptures say. And, you know, we want to play this clip because speaking of unnatural, we've talked about Dylan Mulvaney and Disney as a whole. One of the things that just recently was exposed was somebody took their daughter. Not that I think people should be going to Disney anymore. I mean, honestly, at this point, uh, you should not be taking your children there. It is not the happiest place on earth. It seemingly is the gayest place on earth. But when you look at it, this guy is sitting there. And, you know, let's just play the video because... I think you guys need to see what's going on when little girls are going to get dresses. So my name's Nick. I'm one of Fairy Godmother's apprentices. I'm here to shop you around and make all your selections for the day. Now notice, Joe, that this is somebody who is a, not. I mean, goes from tranny, but probably just a drag queen and acting as effeminate as possible. And you have little girls walking up to pay $250 for a, a dress of their favorite character. And Joe, this just seems to be Disney's heartbeat. This is what they're trying to push on children. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chad, you and I know we've studied, you know, the occult and, and popular media and popular, you know, entertainment. And for years, Disney has perpetuated the occult among young people. And many Christians didn't realize you're basically, you know, don't freak out when your kids all of a sudden they're into psychics and all that and so forth. But they, they got the transgenderism. They got the homosexuality. That's all, all wicked. That's wrong. Well, now they're trying to normalize it. They, the bottom line, again, is power. So to keep pushing as much as they can and at the same time keep their, you know, their, their, their shareholders and, you know, happy. No, and it's, it's grotesque. And speaking of grotesque, whether it's Bud Light, whether it's the Dodgers allowing this stuff, whether it's Disney. Joe, one of the things I, I really wanted to talk to you about, because you did a lot more digging than I did on this subject, I simply walked into our local Target, which, by the way, is a half a mile down the street from this office where I walk down a lot of times between shows to buy food and stuff. And I won't be walking in there anytime soon unless they repent. Amen. Because when I walked in, I noticed immediately, boom, pride. And this is before the June pride month that they get. But some of the stuff that they are selling, I was already taken aback by the fact that they were selling women's clothing, women's clothing, with places to tuck a male's private parts into. Because they're really for men pretending to be women. Exactly. That's, I mean, reality. They're for a bunch of Dylan Mulvaney's and, and mm -hmm. this, sort, this sort of group. And Joe, we see that sort of thing, but you actually did some digging on some of the artistry and some of the people that are involved with some of the designs of this clothing that they're sending us out. I mean, they basically, Target's basically hired uh, through their connection, through the association uh, Satanist, you know, an outspoken Satanist named Eric Carnell. 
And uh, he uses the Baphomet imagery, which is a satanic, you know, goat-headed entity depicting Satan in Satanism. And it's an amalgamation of a male and a female. Satan's been about this for a long time. That's an ancient symbol. Uh, Crowley used it. It was drawn by Eliphaz Levi, a witch. Uh, Crowley took it from him, and now it's very popular in Satanism. And Eric Carnell uses that symbol. Uh, he used, has a guillotine, which is called a homophobe headrest. A guillotine chopping off your head. It's a homophobe headrest, and that's for uh, guess what? Those who now it's funny because everything's reversed. You go to uh, you go to Target, and if you disagree with Target, you say, "Hey, I'm not going to go anymore." You're actually a terrorist, Chad. For saying what you just said is terrorism, man. MSNBC did a thing on you and me and others who just just because we disagree with a lifestyle and say we don't believe it's right, we want to protect our kids, all of a sudden we're evil. And the Bible talks about good being called evil, evil being called good. We're the terrorists in this. So everything's getting reversed, Chad, and it's happening before our eyes. And it is all part of a, a, a sinister agenda. And this is why I think it's important to have a, a pastor's perspective on this because how do we— protect our children from the stuff that is not only coming this way, but literally saying, if you have any sort of opinion, you shouldn't even be able to have a job. Yeah, Chad, it's so absolutely vital, as you're saying, that we got to protect our children from this onslaught, whether it's from Disney or Mulvaney and all these guys. Uh, And five of the things I wrote down to keep in mind that I think are so important when you're bringing up children, and it also applies to our own hearts. All of us should be doing this is number one, though, is for parents anyway, it says in Malachi chapter four, verse six, that the hearts of the fathers will be turned back to the hearts of the children. That's number one. I think we got to make sure that we're relating to our kids. We're spending time with them. We're pouring over them uh, the love of God and sharing with them. And number two, the word of God. In chapter 29, verses 17 and 18 of Proverbs, it says very clearly that the children go astray. You know, my people go astray because of lack of a prophetic vision. We need to show them what God's word says about where the world is going so they don't freak out and so they don't have a misunderstanding of what truth is. And the children, the Lord says, my children perish because of lack of knowledge. And that's very, very important. And number three, Jesus said, occupy until I come. That's in Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 13. And that word occupy is a military term, which means to hold your ground. And we need to make sure we protect our biblical values. We need to protect the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're stewards of that gospel and that we share with our children, that we protect our children and stand our ground. Don't give them over to Hollywood and the conglomerates, the corporations and the liberals and the woke folks. Uh, that's very key. And it's important as well that we not only protect them, but we stand our ground by practicing Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, which says to be to put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the, against the or in the evil day. Okay, that's critical. You have to stand firm in the evil day. That's protecting the word of God and God's gospel. And then uh, number four, Chad, is uh, winning souls. You know, uh, Jude chapter one, verse 23 is really only one chapter there. If you want to call it a chapter, it talks about snatching souls out of the fire. The Bible says we're wise when we win souls. So that's really, really important that we're about winning souls, man. That's why we're here, to become more like Christ, to know him and to make him known. And number five, and I think this is important, that we're watchful. Because Jesus says, if he comes back and we're getting drunk with the drunkards and beating the maidservants, he'll cut us in pieces and put up with unbelievers. But when he comes back, we don't want to be like those five bridesmaids who had no oil in their lamps and the lights went out. We want to be like the five bridesmaids because we're waiting for a heavenly bridegroom who had oil in their lamps, which is a picture of the Holy Spirit, that we're filled with the Spirit. We have the Lord in us because we're living in him and that we are in the word. The light of the lamp is the word of God. Your word's the lamp to my feet, a light into my path. So all that's huge. All, all five of those things, Chad, are key for our victory in Christ. We need to teach those truths to our children. Amen. I could not agree more. And I want to tell you guys this, uh, just a quick story to finish up here. I was recently at a uh, open mat for jiu-jitsu. And there was uh, a man there, and he told me he had recently come to Christ. And I asked him, 
Well, what was it that made you come to Christ? And one of the things he specifically mentioned was he saw all the crazy things going on in this world and said, you know what? There has to be a God because this stuff is just evil. And I want to bring that to a point for, for our audience because the most important thing right now is not, hey, we see all this evil, so let's get people to understand once we have the nation taken over and we can be Christian nationalists, we'll get our laws in place and we'll be able to control it. No, 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 that's not the case. Read First Peter, read Second Peter. I want to encourage you guys to recognize that the persecution that may happen to you, the wickedness you may see in the world, all of those things shouldn't point you to control, but point you to be controlled by Christ. And so I want to encourage you guys right now, if you don't know Jesus, you're seeing all these crazy things, maybe you watch this because you want to see what's grooming, what's happening to the children. Guys, if all you do is give your children just moral implications of how they should live their life, it is going to fall by the wayside because you need the power of Christ with which can constrain you. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know Christ, he is the only one who went to that cross on your behalf. You could only pay for your sins. You have sinned against God and you deserve punishment for those sins. But Jesus Christ on that cross said, to Telestai, paid in full. Your sins have been bought and paid for. Turn to Jesus Christ right now. Repent from a life of wickedness. Put your eyes upon Jesus, your trust upon him. And you will hear when you pass on from this life, because it's going to happen, you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Not because you've done a bunch of good works, but because of the work that Christ did on the cross. Both Pastor Joe and myself encourage you, turn to him now before it is too late. So from Absolutely. Pastor Joe and myself, Amen. God bless you guys. It's been Chad Davidson and Pastor Joe from the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.